Oh, 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 cheeky monkeys. Get on with it. Toppy, toppy. Hashtag fuckheaders. That's magnificent. Hello, John. Hello and welcome to a Bergkamp Wonderland, an Arsenal podcast. Unfortunately, today we've received some bad news regarding one of our members, Dave Faber, the Gunaholic. Dave is currently in hospital. He's uh, he's pretty unwell. We're saying this with the permission of Dave's partner, Pauline. He's not expected to leave hospital, unfortunately. Dark days for ABW and Arsenal fans alike. Since joining the podcast, Dave has become a firm favourite with it all concerned. He's the most loved of us all, I think. Probably the nicest guy we know. He's a compassionate, kind, positive man. Always genuine, always generous. Uh, you can see tonight the, 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 the lovely Victoria Scott tweeted the news out earlier on, having spoke to Pauline herself. Um, the club have replied to it. Um, Freddie Bloomberg has re- replied to it. All wishing Dave the very best. Dave has been supporting Arsenal for over 50 years. Um, he is, you know, the blog father, one of the first bloggers out there. Always try to be positive, always try to be fair. Never negative or jumping on a bandwagon. Just a kind, lovely, generous guy. When you go to a game with Dave, it's phenomenal the amount of people who would say hello to him, who he knew. He was truly one of the faces at Arsenal. And as by the messages we've received today, he was also somebody who, to people who don't go to the Arsenal, he'd always engage with people. I know he did that with myself before I was ever part of ABW. He'd engage with you. He'd always be generous with his time. He's somebody who loved the club. He loved music. He loved the, his, the friends he made at the club. He's just a truly, truly tremendous guy. And during this difficult time for himself, his partner, Pauline, his family, his sister, and, and, and all his friends. Um, and, you know, he, oh, even though he's a member of ABW, he belongs to Arsenal. He belongs to all the fans and all the people he's known for years. You know, our thoughts go out to every single person who has anything to do with Dave, because if they truly know him, they'll feel like we do. You know, we, we're heartbroken at the moment and we're praying for a miracle. That's the state of play at the moment. We will keep you updated if we hear anything else. Um, you know, I'm heartbroken tonight, and this is horrible to say, but Dave would tell me right about now, oh, get on with it, you tart. So without much further ado, here's Danny. Cheers. Um, yeah, so if, if we could ring him now, and he answered, he'd say, don't be so stupid, do the podcast, get on with it, you silly buggers. So that's exactly what we're going to do. There we go. Right. First thing we're going to talk about is the game. We beat West Ham. I know, Jace, you did, were you on the, the radio show at the weekend? We keep calling that. It's not. It's the live show, isn't it? Because you oh, changed the name of it and no one can get used to it. <laughs> yeah, were you we on it? Who were you on it with? Yeah. John. Oh, Rich. Of course it was. It was Rich doing it on his phone. Finally, he's yeah. got it working. Right. So uh, that, we have won a game, I've put here. Our first league win since the 1-0 win over Bournemouth on the 6th of October. And uh, since that momentous day, me and Josh are now a year old, aren't we, Josh? I'm oh, sorry, you haven't introduced us yet. Well, everyone can see your 
Oh yeah, for the people on IT- for the people who are listening to this like a traditional podcast. Okay, rewind this a little bit <laughs> for the people who aren't watching who are listening on iTunes. Hello, and to every tonight, I've got the wonderful Sophie from sunny, warm, hot, sunny, lovely California. No, LA, California. Which one is it? Was well, it okay. both? LA is in California, so there you're you bang go. on, mate. Bang on. What's well, the weather like? Uh, it's actually a little uh, grey, a little bit like London today, unfortunately, but still, you know, um, a warm 63, a respectable 63. It's 2.7 outside. I can't even go anywhere near the window. I get frostbite. It's horrendous. How have you, how have you been? I've been? I've been great. Thank you very much. And thanks How's... for having me back, you guys, and thinking uh, about you guys today as well. Yeah, thanks. We've, uh, we wish you and How's your dog? Oh, fantastic. So far sleeping, not causing any issues. Vinny Vieira is having a little bit of a, a lull, a little bit like Arsenal. Yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, he's uh, toned it down a little bit. So he's going to be a good boy, he promised today. That's very good. My cats have been on one in the last day. I don't know why. Lily and her daughter, Betty, I've got one Amazon box. They've managed to rip it open, pull all the stuffing of the box out. And when I look at them, they're laying on it. And I go, what have, what have you done? They look at me as if they've got no idea what happened. They're little buggers, aren't they? Buggers, they are. Yeah. Right, talking about people that are constantly moaning. Mm, dear listen, this could be either of them, couldn't it? Oh, the build-up, who could it be? It's going to be Josh. All right, Josh. I mean, I introduced myself already with a bit of a moan, so it made sense. I didn't even know you were here. Honestly, you must have had yourself on mute. I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't go straight into the show without telling the people on iTunes who is joining us tonight. How are you, my old mucker? Uh, I'm good, thank you. I am full of the Christmas spirit, as the people who are not on iTunes can see from my living room. Yes, and I won't tell the wonderful listeners uh, why you don't celebrate Christmas, because that's between you and me and our maker. And my maker, my mum. <laughs> pillow, those pillowcases look very Christmassy. They do. Uh, In the bin. They're, they're, uh, I'd say Arsenal-related. That too. Arsenal Ooh, is yes. Christmas. Yes. <laughs> so if you want a little bit of inside information that was um after the last radio show that um that josh hosted do you want to do you want to know something absolutely you know, you know brighton beaters look at his face when i say this brighton oh, beaters and he had all of his notes written and he come up to the camera when the show was finished held up his notebook it's a fucking brighton notebook he'd written the notes on <laughs> what a shit <laughs> news danny fake news not fake news I want £50,000 in doubloons. Obviously, I'm splitting that with Chris to buy rum. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm telling the world what you've done. You are a bad man. You jinxed it. I put it out of sight as well for this podcast. I no, thought you, you, got it under it your, you got it under your table. You're going to show it yeah. at me if I don't get on with it. Josh <laughs> yeah. is off to a storming start here. Oh, my goodness. Go. Look at it. There it is. Evidence. There you go. Yep. <laughs> Bit, too in here. Bit too blue, in Josh. Here. Bit too blue. Oh, Talk about getting things out. Jace. Is Aaron Ramsey anywhere to be seen? <laughs> I don't think so at the moment. Oh, Funny enough, I was dear. looking at my Swansea City football club pen. I was on business oh, meeting wow. there and they did freebies. And it's like the cheapest freebies ever. I've got, I've got a Swans notebook as well. I don't do anything with it. Shocking situation. Um, so, have you got anything Latin or LA based that you can wave at the camera? Um, oh, just out of nowhere, <laughs> my LA Galaxy press box pass. That's because um, you are a right top-notch journalist, unlike some that we can, uh, we're not going to mention. <laughs> hey, I'm right. hoping for a Cavani arrival. 
Record. Keep you posted. I'll keep you posted. Hundred goals a season, no problem. No problem, mate. No problem. <laughs> if anybody wants to send me a Portland Timbers <laughs> pen, so I can join in, let me know. And uh, yes, right. Uh, as I was saying before, Josh rudely interrupted and reminded me that I haven't interrupted <laughs> introduce our wonderful guests. Yes, so so since the last time we won a home, uh, won a league game, Josh, you and me are one year old, aren't we? And Jacka has a baby child. Yes, absolutely. That's how long ago it was. <laughs> Almost seems like another generation ago. Right, so I'm going to start off with Sophie. What was your thoughts on the West Ham game? Well, the first half, I think we'll all agree, was an utter disaster. And without question, probably one of the worst performances we've <laughs> seen in a very long time. But I feel like I've been saying that every week. And You're not even, wrong. In, even in the second half, um, you know, what I was, I was, I was saying um, to Amanda and KC is that I wish Freddie two games previous would have at least tweaked it a little bit. He kind of just, you know, um, did what Unaya did. He didn't, I'm not saying like revolutionize, but evolutionize the team a little bit and infuse what he did in the West Ham game. I think maybe we would have seen different results, but, you know, he was bold enough to make those moves. It was very poor in the first half. Uh, his halftime team talk must have inspired the team just a little bit. But barring those nine minutes, guys, were we really any good? Yeah, people were having a go at me on Twitter for not smiling because I refused to smile. And I said, I'll smile when we beat Man City or get through December with at least another win. For me, there's nothing really to smile about yet. You know, Freddie patting Pepe on the back and everyone looking happy. And I just don't buy into that yet. I just think that we're too broken and we've, cu- we've fallen so far to just change my opinion or my feelings on the team over a nine-minute performance. Was it a good result? Yes. But West Ham are utter shite. I mean, they are <laughs> such a bad team. We absolutely bullied them on that right side. And we did see Pepe have the kind of game that we've been dreaming of him having, but we want to see him do that against the top teams. For me, Ozil still hasn't really done much since he's come back into the fold. I think he's had moments where he's he's been pretty good. Um, Jack has kind of um, come back into the team after everyone hated him and wanted him out. It's like he's playing again, so everything's fine. It feels like one of those dysfunctional families, like an independent movie where you just brush everything under the carpet for one night and let's be happy and expect people to move on from that. So I think we still have a long way to go. It was a very important game and we, sh- we absolutely needed the three points because the difference between that top half of the table and the bottom is is pretty rough going. And I think if we'd have lost that game after that first half performance, you know, the conversation tonight would be a little bit different. Yeah, good point about why did it take him so long? You're looking at football minutes-wise, it's taking him four hours of football minutes to do what we've been moaning that Emery should have done all season by playing the right people. But I think um, deciding to drop Lacazette could have been the thing. Like The title of this podcast is Nine Minutes That Saved Our Season. And that is almost quite literally correct because... We were the three points of other relegation zone. Now we're two points behind fifth place or three or, or was it some number like that. I was listening to Arscast earlier talking about it. And I thought that's a that's a bloody good point. That like you were saying, the middle of that table, so congested, you can be top six one game and then you can be bottom four the next game. So it seems that um that he has has got through to the players. I think the, the way that when we saw was it when Pepe came off, he gave him a big hug. And after the game and Pappy, he hugged Pappy and Pappy looked like he was about to cry, didn't he? He did. Um, you know, I've, I think that's nice. And I think we haven't seen that in a long time with Arsenal to see players happy and to see them smiling and all that. But, 
you know, this is a team that could collapse at the weekend, that we need consistency. We need to build on those nine minutes and take it to 45 minutes and then 90 minutes and then a game, two games, three games. Uh, but you're right. We're only a point behind Tottenham, two points behind Manchester United, who started off poorly this season as well. At the end of the day, I think this game was about the three points and where we go from here. Uh, I think Freddie has to be bold. I think he has to continue kind of believing in the plays he wants to and picking a team to win as opposed to picking a team not to lose. And I think that's what he did in his first two games. Way too conservative. So hopefully, you know, we've got Manchester City next to, as we've seen this evening, um, you know, destroyed Dynamo Zagreb. That was they playing Zagreb, right? Um, so, you know, it's always a tough game. So for me, I, I'm holding the mayo and the mustard until December rolls out. What's the mayo and mustard for? Well, because the celebrations and the smiles and, hey, we're back and Freddie and this. It's back like on. the same thing with the same thing with Rio saying Ole's at the wheel. <laughs> Freddie looks like he can't inspire an ant, to be quite honest with you. I love him. I don't want his legacy tarnished because he's inherited a dysfunctional team that is broken at the back, especially if we had the same talent at the back as we do going forward, I think it would be a different proposition, but you know, it was bold for him to drop David Luiz. I heard Edu was very upset about that um, behind the scenes, but it was the right decision. So, you know, we need to be consistent, but you know, I think top four is still possible, which is mind blowing to be honest with you, considering how our season started. I think anywhere from third down to 17th is still possible for every single team apart from Liverpool, Leicester, Norwich. I think everyone else is just number wang with with whatever goes on. Josh, Sophie was making a good point there about Freddie um, and he seems to be, he couldn't inspire, an, I think he said, an ant. But you look at the way that Duncan Ferguson has got, got Everton. I mean, he may not be the greatest manager, he may only be short term, but that is the kind of stuff you love to see from a manager, an ex-player who's an absolute legend, picking up young boys and throwing them around like they're like a lump of caver. I think that's, 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 that's got to be <laughs> enough. I've got that right. I'm not launching a small child like a caver into the crowd. That's what you want to see. I mean, that, you can't do that every single game because you will get sick of it. Well, again, Klopp has made a living out of doing that, hasn't he? What was your thoughts on the on the West Ham game and the line-up? And oh, uh, is this the first step towards the team picking itself and us going on to beating City at the weekend? Yeah, well, I mean, on Duncan Ferguson, you're not going to say no to a man like that, are you? To be honest, it's his way or the highway uh, with a couple of bumps and bruises. He did time if you didn't agree with him, didn't he? Up in Scotland, he nutted someone. Oh, exactly. Uh, we, won't go. <laughs> we won't go into that. But mm. yeah, in terms of the West Ham game, I think it was great seeing Martinelli come in. Um, he came in for his Premier League debut, or at least start in that game. And First start, yeah, first yeah, Premier League start. This is the kind of fixture that you kind of want to bring in these kind of players. You know, we saw Reese Nelson on the bench as well. He made a little cameo towards the ends. And overall, you know, it's promising. We we say it was only nine minutes that we kind of showed up, but we won the game in nine minutes. If you looked at kind of how Liverpool, under that resurgence of Klopp, even under Brendan Rodgers when they were coming back, they'd get a game done in the first 20 minutes and then be awful. But they'd have scored four goals. You know, with our forward line, we can get away with that kind of way of playing. So long as, you know, as, as Emery kind of said when he came in, he doesn't mind, uh, you know, winning 5-4 rather than 1-0. Now that statement and the man who said it obviously didn't come to pass. He was all about maybe a 0-0 as a win to him. But 
the kind of premise is there that we do have this forward line that can go and win us a game in 20 minutes and kind of put the pressure off the kind of back line. We know it's a bad back line. I think it was Amy Lawrence was saying earlier today that the problem is Arsenal is we're not great at the front and we're not great at the, we're not a team that can win you a game by having the ball and we're not good enough to be pragmatic either. We're in this horrible halfway house, you know, and it's, partly down to that midfield and the un, the complete unknown of what those players are doing. I mean, Jack and Torreira, they're the strongest out of the group we've got at the moment. But the rest of that side, I think it's a job that's too big for Freddie and that's why we need a proper manager in place. And almost what are we going to expect other than him to copy what he, and rinse and repeat what he saw Emery doing? You know, he's a, he's a new manager. This is his first, what, three games he's ever managed we why were we going to expect him to completely rip up what he's already seen and try and implement his own style he's there purely as caretaker true what would you say are the three most important things that he has done whether it be team selection whether it be player roles whether it be um, tactics or anything i mean the fact that he's not emery i think <laughs> goes a long way in the squad well, that's, the, that's the top three done <laughs> yeah. yeah but i think just as that kind of that figurehead that needed to happen, that kind of plaster needed to be ripped. He needed being removed, and that that Did helped you see us. When he was talking to Urzel, Urzel was looking at him and listening rather than going, "Your breath stinks," which was what they would have done with him <laughs> because that's an insult. Not that he has bad breath, but they they he, he wouldn't even make eye contact, would he, with Emery Urzel? But when Freddie talks, he's on a level. They're on a level of you are, were a great player, and you're someone listens to. I mean, a photographer can pick out any shot they want, can't they, for a stream of photographs on the training ground. I'm sure Ozil was listening to Emery at one point and the same, he wasn't listening to Freddie at another. You publish the photo that you want to publish, shall we say. Uh, but in terms of, yeah, what's happened now that Freddie's in, I think the young players look not revitalised, but they've kind of got that connection with him. And we're going to see that maybe some of the older players... Yeah, but the start, he's given Guendouzi a rest, which I think is something he's crying out for. Didn't he look good when he came on? More composed, more disciplined. I think it's because he just needed a rest. That's it. He's just too scatty. And it's those kind of things that the part of his job that he was brought in to do under Emery, he's still doing that quite well, very well. But it's the rest of it that we need to kind of deal with. And it's kind of getting the manager, getting the right manager in, uh, which... I think we're all hopefully agreed that we don't want to rush it. Because it we're is, not going to rush it when we want them no, to. Not. No, that's true. It's true. But I think it's one of those that, yeah, we just have to have to wait and see. Good. Jay, same question to you. What players would you say have been the most important, where the way, like with Terea, the way that he now plays defensive midfield with um, bringing Pepe back or, or, or the way the, the way Kolasinic seems to have um, slightly altered his game and has, has just been really good every time we've seen him. Oh, I, I, I kind of don't agree, okay? Of course I you kind don't. of think I kind of think West Ham were, uh, were awful. Oh, that's that's a given. Everybody, anybody yeah, can be yeah. on that West Ham. But they were awful, okay? So they offered nothing in attack, virtually. Um, as you can see, with the way the goal came, a dodgy set piece that we we were incompetent in clearing, and we didn't mark the zone properly. Um. The, the most important players to me were Pepe and Martinelli. That pace and that work rate from the pair of them, to be fair, 
Um, you know, they both worked hard. They both posed a threat. Aubameyang, I thought first half he was pretty bang average. Um, Torreira and uh, Xhaka hold a good shape together. They, they they weren't great first half, but as John pointed out in the live show, he was playing on the wrong side of each other. Okay, he swapped them over second half and we looked a lot more effective. Um, you know, I thought that first half which really showed our, our, our deficiencies. You know, you look at Socrates trying to play the ball out. My God, it was like a duck. It was awful. Okay. And genuinely, when we talk about Freddie picking the team, that was just, it was awful. And don't get me wrong, Socrates defended well, okay, but he was hardly up against the Liverpool front three. They were they were really awful at my West Ham. Um, Chambers, he, he's a bit more potent on the ball. I'd far rather have seen Chambers and Luis together. Kolasinac, when he, when he was needed, came on, did a job. Um, he got a feel for Turney. I mean, that's just... It's just awful luck. Um, Hector as well, you know, AMN comes in after having no game time for how long and is expected to perform. He did okay. There were some that's mistakes. One of the points I've made a note of. Do you yeah. think he had a better game so in that one game than Bellerin's had in all of his comeback games? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah but this is the problem now, okay? Everybody, we heard before, when Turney, Holding and um, Hector were injured, or when they come back, it's going to solve all our problems. It was nonsense then. It's nonsense now. The game plan these guys are being asked to execute, okay, they have to get up high. They can't be in two places at once. It doesn't matter who's playing full back for us. They're going to get slaughtered because we're not effective and cohesive as a team. Okay, there's been too many changes. You know, Freddie was part of the coaching setup under under Unai. Unlike Steve Bold, he was immune from criticism because he once had red hair and was an invincible. Okay, it's utter nonsense, Shredder. The team selections up until Wednesday night and um, Monday night were showed no ambition. Chris, so Joe Willock, okay, was awful against um, uh, Norwich. Get selected again then for the Brighton game and was awful again. You know, we've got to look at these guys on performance. The great thing about, about Monday night was you could see what Pepe and Martinelli bring. You can see that pace. You can see that, okay, we can play a ball over the top. These guys will get on the top of it. They will harry. They will harass. We need to see a bit more from Aubameyang, okay? You know, end of the season, our midfield needs an overhaul, a, a big one. Um, as much as, look, you know, I know the hate trains on Xhaka. I, I kind of, I'm not his biggest fan, but, he, you know, he, he's, the, he's the best of a bad bunch. He really is, okay? And with him, we look a lot more solid. All this business. Gwen Doozy, when he did come on, he did very well in closing the game out. I've got to give him credit. I thought he was, he was a bit more mature, etc. Um, but he's not a game-breaker and he's not a, great, he's not a great midfielder. He doesn't offer much in, in defence. He will stand there and watch the, you know, watch the ball fly past him. He offers him virtually nothing in attack. Okay, so you know we've got to find a way of putting together a midfield to complement th- these guys. Now, whether Sabayos or, or, or 
or we'll look at part of these long-term plans, fine. But we need a bit more athleticism, okay? Centre-backs, I, you know, when Hogan's back, I'd see him and Chambers play together because they formed a partnership over the years. But Luis, that ball-playing ability, you know, I think that's important for us. And I would play him, I've got to be honest. Yeah, Sophie, you were nodding then when I said about um, Maitland-Niles making his first game. It was his first start or first league game since he was subbed off at half-time against Aston Villa when we beat them 3-2 mm-hmm. on the 23rd of September, because I was there and I remember it. And there's a, yeah, it was really impressive from him. And uh, Arscast was saying today, I mean, fantastic, fantastic um, um, idea from him, that would you say to Maitland-Niles, sorry, Andrew, for stealing your, your content, but you are you are the podfather, um, he said, is there any point in saying to Maitland-Niles, look, as a winger, midfielder, you have no future at this club, but if you want to continue to be back up right back, you won't, we won't have to buy a player in the summer. You've been deputising for Bellerin, and when you are, I think he was fantastic when he did, considering he wasn't even ready to play. He didn't even warm up properly, did he? So two players who I've criticised a lot lately. Uh, one is I never understood why even Emery or Freddie chose um, Kalasinac over Tierney, but Tierney was supposedly carrying a little bit of a knock, which is why that was the case. And, and Ashley Maitland-Niles I've just never been a fan of. I think he's become the jack of all trades and master of none. And it's not his fault. It's trying to put square pegs in round holes. He's not played in his natural position. A problem that has been systematic of Arsenal for a couple of seasons now. It's almost like we've set some players up to fail. But I also think we need to set expectations. And you're 100% right, as is Andrew, in that players need to know where they belong. It's kind of like one of those stay-in-your-lane moments. Understand your role, know what you are. Look at a player like Phil Foden, who right now for Manchester City is probably as good as, you know, you know David Silva's agent. Bernardo Silva hasn't been that great over the last few weeks. And he understands his role. He's been told by Pep Guardiola what he, what he expects of him, but also the timeline of his trajectory. And I think with some of the Arsenal players, um, and I don't agree with you on Chambers at all, he would be the first person I sell, is that it's just not good enough. It's like we continually accept mediocrity. And mediocrity is not going to get us back into a top four position. And it's certainly not going to get us being competitive in the Premier League again. I would love to cleanse the club. And I know it's not easy. And you have to do that over a number of different transfer windows. But we failed to do that over a number of different transfer windows. I would get all of the Wengerites out I want Freddie out. I want Steve Bold out. I want Perez out. I want them all out. They have all been there for a while. And the evolution of the club has been absolutely dead. What have they done? What has Steve Bold done? Everyone keeps telling me, oh, they've managed the under-23s and, you know, they know the young players. But how has it benefited the squad? Look at what Frank Lampard has done. Granted, they haven't had a, a great results in the in in the league over the last two games. But look how they've managed their youngsters, their youth, what they're getting out of them. I just am tired of the whole Wenger era and the people um, still involved at the club. Arsenal needs a blank canvas. We need a new fresh start. We need new ideas, a new identity. We are not the team we used to be. We've lost our culture. We've lost everything that used to be the Arsenal we knew. And if I had my druthers, that's exactly how I would manage the club over a have a plan. We don't even have a plan. You know, what's our three to five year plan for the team? What are we expecting? 
um, get rid of Socrates, get rid of Mustafi, get rid of Chambers. You know, for me, um, you know, Xhaka, I agree, uh, has been a little bit of a bright spark in, in a bad bunch. Uh, but, but still, you know, Bellerin is, I don't think he's going to be the same player again. I think we're in love with Bellerin's cultural stance and what he represents off the field. And, you know, but can you really trust a man who doesn't eat meat? I don't think so, you know. So I just I just am tired of the same, same, same. We need a revolution. And the sooner it happens, the better. And, and I think that the Wenger era has to be completely washed out. Let's revere it and love it for what it was and appreciate it before we completely and utterly destroy it. I, I got to be honest here. I mean, I look at, you know, the Chambers comment. He's never really been given a chance at centre-back. Okay? Never. The same as AMN. Okay, talking about people um, AMN as a purely right-back cover. Well, he's never actually been given a, a chance in midfield in a decent team in this squad. So until you actually try them, okay, you're never going to know. Um, I, you know, you look at Freddie at the moment, um, you know, far too cautious in team selection on the first two games. The third game, you know, you, you see the ambition and, okay, it's only a nine-minute period. But as Josh said, that nine-minute period, you can win games. With regard to um, Steve Bold and uh, Freddie Lundberg, their roles at the club have been assistant manager or coach. They're not expected to change the world. They haven't got that remit. They don't have that power. At this moment in time, you have a clown in um, uh, your old son Leahy, okay, spunking money up against the wall because he's got a mate as a super agent. That's not going to bring us a revolution or an evolution. That's just nonsense. We're showing total incompetence. And look at the players we've bought over the last couple of transfer windows. Sven Mislintat, one of Europe's brightest uh, talent finders. We get rid of him because of a power struggle. Darren Burgess, one of the world's premier performance directors, gotten rid of, okay? All briefed against. The, the, the culture we have at the club at the moment is toxic. And it's toxic because of Raul Sanlehi. We've seen the briefing. We've seen it come through the club. And it's ridiculous. You know, I've got to be honest with you. If we're going to... We're not going to be able to buy instant hits. You know, we, we talk about Hector Bellerin. Hector Bellerin's just come back from ACL. He wasn't expected to be back until Christmas. That's That was the, that was the time frame for him. So for him to come back and then expect to be up to speed straight away, it isn't going to happen. Okay, it's just not going to happen. So I think we need to look at the club holistically, you know, yeah, we do need to turn over the players. We do need to get some young blood in. But even like with Saliba, he's not going to be an instant hit next season. You know, that that is going to be a miracle if that happens. It's going to take time with them. It's like with Guendouzi. Guendouzi's a talented boy. He needs a good coaching structure to be brought along. And with a lot of these youngsters, talk of ditching Chambers, holding Hector, thing. I don't get it at the moment because until we put a game plan, a tactical game plan and set up in place that's going to help them flourish, these guys are always going to fail. I think the appointment of our next manager is absolutely vital. And if we get that right, then we can look to build. So, what are your thoughts? So, 
Uh, hear what you're saying, totally respect what you're saying. Um, for me, you know, the ownership is something we all need to get over. They're not going anywhere. And they've hired some fools. They've hired some fools. I'm not talking about the ownership. I'm talking about the Right. Okay, so if we talk about those executives, if my boss comes to me and has a crazy idea, but it's his decision and he makes that decision, I've got to execute that idea, whether I agree with it or not, whether I feel like it's going to be a success or a failure. It's my job to make it a success. It's my job to take their R9 idea and, and make lemonade out of lemons. And at the end of the day, these people have to make the right decisions and they have to be smart enough to buy players that can come and fit into the system, whatever that system is right now for Arsenal, because I don't feel like we have an identity. And so I feel like a lot of the times when we talk about kind of like the powers that be, there are people that are still supposed to do their jobs. Unai Emery came to us after having managed PSG, having won the Europa League three times, but he failed to execute what he was given. He wasn't good enough to do it. And I think that sometimes, you know, we, we, we try to fit square pegs in round holes. And I hear what you're saying about Ashley Maitland-Niles, but to be quite frank with you, you know, when he has been given, and he deputized a lot for Bellerin, and yes, he hasn't been given an opportunity in his natural position, but he's just not good enough for me. You know, if you think about the, the Arsenal teams of the past, we're always looking in the rearview mirror and we're never able to move forward. And we keep making excuses for, you know, executives and X, Y and Z. But these people have still had the ability. They are paid by Arsenal Football Club to do their jobs. And as Bill Belichick says, with the New England Patriots of his players, I just want you to do your job. But having commanders and chiefs that help them achieve those goals have also been poor. So it's just been a shit show all the way around. And we keep, because now we've been so bad, we just keep accepting it as opposed to demanding. We're demanding more now, but we're not demanding. It, they're not demanding enough. And I, I really truly feel like, you know, Steve Bold was there for years. Okay, we know that he wasn't able to coach with, with Wenger, but... God damn it, you still have to make an impact, have some type of an impact, and none of them have. We're not behind the scenes. We don't know what impact anybody's making. And the one thing I'd say is, suddenly he said clearly in the summer, you know, when he was when he was enjoying the limelight that everybody said it's a positive transfer window, oh, yeah, you know, this, this transfer window's my responsibility. And yet it doesn't look as if the players we brought in have helped, you know, bring any kind of solidity to this team, Josh, what are your thoughts, mate? But, I mean, but uh, Emery asked for a winger. He asked for Wilfred Zaha, and I can tell you, demonstrably, Pepe is a better player than Wilfred Zaha. And you know, we gave, we gave, as uh, you said, Sophie. You know, irrespective of what you feel about Raul Sanjehi, he gave his manager the tool he asked for. It might not have been the same tool. He actually gave him a better tool. You know. He was asking for a spoon. We gave him a knife so he could cut defences apart. And he didn't use it. Nice. So, unfortunately, Jace has, Jace has missed uh, probably the best bit of the pod, to be honest. So he can listen back to that bit. Has he got to get the Aaron Ramsey doll? He's got to rinse it under a tap before he brings it back. I think so. Or stick another <laughs> stick another needle into the Ralph doll he's made. It's one of the two. But as you say, like we saw this with... Um, Oh, it's another double-barreled name that I'm going to get arse around face. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, exactly the same as Maitland-Niles. 
just shouting at him, going, mate, you're a winger. Don't stop going inside. You're not a central midfielder. And now he's at Liverpool. Maybe he just needs that clean slate. If he wants to be a midfielder, great. But don't do it on our patch. If he wants to be a winger, great. You're going to have to get in front of Pepe. You have to get in front of Martinelli. You have to get in front of, you know, we'll shoehorn a Bamiang out there. We'll shoehorn Lacazette out there. Reese Nelson. He hasn't got that kind of, uh, you know, previous in his locker competitors. Even Smith Rowe has got more games on the wing than Maitland-Niles has. Maybe because we've not given the opportunity. But you know what? There's a lot of luck in football. Bellerin wouldn't be our right back if Debushi didn't get knocked over an advertising hoarding. You know, dislocated his shoulder. Uh, the same with, you know, Jenkinson. Another one that... Yeah. They've, luck is a huge part of your football career. And unfortunately, he's just not timed it as well. And he, he's got a chance. He can make his career as a right back at Arsenal Football Club. But honestly, we don't have a need for him elsewhere. And it's, you know, it's, it's harsh to say, but we've got enough players in our midfield to be trying and chopping and changing. Can, we've can got. I ask you a question, Josh. Yeah. Um, I, you know, look, it's, it's a game, this, is, this is a game of opinions. And, you know, there's, everybody's got valid opinions here. Yeah? You know what I mean? They, they, we can't prove anything at the moment because we don't select the team or anything. But if anybody's looking at our midfield this season, and saying that it's it's right not to give air, air men and go in there, I think that's nuts because our midfield has been absolutely poor. It's lacked real athleticism. It's lacked drive, and that's part of um, Ainsley's um, uh, skill set is that he's able to give you a bit of drive, good skill level, etc. So whether it's something that the, the staff have seen, I, I agree, but. Do you think maybe this season he's been worth a shot at times? Because we've seen some truly dire performances from our midfield. But that's the point of training. That's where you test these things out. You don't test your, your, uh, you know, your prognosis on the 90 minutes of the game. That's where your finished result happens. That's, that's where you shouldn't be trying. He said he didn't yeah. like to be in training. So maybe he doesn't like um, him on the wing either. Well, that's the thing. that Yes, Maitland-Niles might be great in terms of dribbling, but there's dribbling on the wing where you've only got to look what's inside you. And then there's dribbling through the centre of the park where you've got to look to your left and your right. Yeah, there's, there's more to it than just he's, he's athletic. He's got to start looking both players. It's like what Wenger did when he used to put players back out on the wing to kind of rehab them. It's because they've only got to deal with half the pitch. It's just a lot easier for them. And it's clear that when you look at Maitland-Niles, he's got a great cross on him. Why would we not utilise that? You know, we, we've been crying out for players that can cross a ball. Well, up to that he Villa cross game, it. he had two assists before the Villa game in the Premier League. So that's and pretty that's, good. Yeah, compared to the rest of our any of our players, two assists is going to put you pretty high up that list. So what's, what's our, start with you, Josh. What's the consensus of opinion when it comes to, to Ainsley? Are we going to keep him as uh, the new Gramandi or are we going to set, let, love him and set him free? Uh, I think... What's best for us, not for him? I think it comes down to what happens with Hector. Depends on his rehab. Because I think Hector loves Arsenal enough that we can play into it similarly and go, you know what? We're going to bring in another right back that's going to challenge you for the starting place. 
because we think we can do better. And I think it is coming to that point where Hector might become the rotational right back. And at least we'll have some specialism in that position because we've tried it. You know, we, we had Carl Jenkinson, second fiddle. We knew he wasn't good enough for us. Then we tried Lichsteiner and we won't go into what happened with Lichsteiner as a deputy right back of trying to bring experience <laughs> to the problem. He's still out of breath from it. It's been exactly. nearly been gone. He's still trying to get his breath back. That was Jace. just from walking back to the car. That's it. Chase, um, do, we, uh, do we allow um, Ainsley to become the new um, Grimandi? Um, I, it's all going to be dependent on the new manager. It's all going to be dependent on the style of football he wants to play, um, what he's going to expect from the players. Because, you know, regardless of, OK, so it's going to be a new head coach, etc. but they're going to have to take stock of the, the playing talent available to them. Look at, you know, the... the actually a proper dossiers on the players. Look at, you know, the style of football they want to play and how, you know, what skill sets are going to suit the team going forward and they'll make their decisions from there. I I, I would be remiss to say that I would, you know, it's, it, even like, like Socrates, not my favourite player ever. But a good coach can come in and, and make a functional defence with Holding, Chambers, Socrates, Luis. A good coach can do that. We've seen worse players than those form very good defences. Okay? But are you going to be happy with the fact that that won't create a good attack? I, look, because that's, that's, we're going to have to shield those players. Yeah, but that's uh, not to exactly. the coach. That's not to the coach, okay? You know, look, let's be honest, okay? For, for as much as we discuss this, okay, when you've got the pace of Martinelli, Aubameyang, Pepe, etc., okay, you don't need the greatest defence, okay? But you do need a really good and athletic midfield if you want to cover them. And that's going to be the interesting area for me. We're just going to have to wait and see, you know. Um, I agree that, you know, Hector hasn't, wasn't going to solve all our problems. But I think he's being harshly treated at the moment. Bearing in mind, he is, you know, he's back way early on an ACL. The style of play we're asking him to play you know, Timmy's looked bad. Kolasinac has looked bad. Every all of the fullbacks have looked awful this season. It's the tactics, not the players. And, and because Gwen Doozy was covering the back four. Poor Gwen Doozy, you know. He, he, I said that was the big thing from yesterday. Was Martinelli was actually covering? Yeah, Kolasinac. Everywhere. It's so good. Um, we haven't we haven't had a winger track back since Alexis. And to be honest, it wasn't even Alexis' last season because he'd given up by that point and just wanted to score goals in the 18 yard box. And he was still our best player. I miss Alexis. <laughs> but that's the same thing that we've got, haven't we? Got box to box wingers. And we're not we weren't going to get it from say Azaha and we're not going to get it from a Pepe. We we're gonna need that kind of cover. And as you say, Jess, it's got to come from the midfield. It, it, it's one of those, okay. The new head coach is going to be God to us, okay? And they've got to get that decision right, okay? They've got to get somebody who's got a plan. He's got plan A, he's got plan B, and he's able to connect with this playing squad. You know, we can't have any more of this nonsense of people taking the mickey out of the manager openly. There has to be a bit of discipline there. This toxic culture that's come through this squad since Rose Sunday he's come in has got to stop. It starts at the top. We saw the briefing last season. 
it's got to, you know, I, to me, get rid of Sam Leahy, bring in somebody who knows what he's doing and get in a proper manager and we can be okay. Good. So if anybody wants to see him, he's on the transfer list. Sophie, what, what, what would you do with with, uh, with Ashley? Would you um, have him? Because he's played left back, he's played right back, left midfield, right midfield. He can play centre midfield. I think every club needs a player who's always fit, who can cover in any position, the Gramandi effect, as no one's calling it. Yes. we've. And by the way, I always call him Ashley and it's Ainsley. And I, I'd like to apologise directly to him if he's listening to this pod. I'm sure he is. I think we're more than Ashley than an Ainsley. I know. <laughs> I do it all the time, all the time. Um, I think you always need a hybrid. The perfect example of that is Phil Neville at Manchester United. He was a hybrid player. He was able to fit in where they needed the holes. And he understood his role at United. And he won multiple, um, you know, Premier League titles in that role. He was never going to be his brother, but he understood his role. When he went to Everton, he had more of a leadership role and eventually became captain. But you need to have a couple of those players. But I also think, to be fair to him, and as hard as I have been on him, He's definitely been set up to fail, but he's also not accepted his role. And I think if he accepts his role, then yes, of course, why not? But before his injury, he was a bit dodgy, wasn't he? He got skinned multiple times on the flanks. He did not have good games. Um, He looked like he was lacking in confidence. He didn't look particularly happy. And I think that's the same thing with some of those, you know, British players like Jenkinson, um, you know, a little bit like Chambers. It's okay to be the best player and the player of the year on a on Fulham, a relegated team, but how does that help Arsenal? You just don't – you look at Liverpool. You know, I, I was talking the other day on, on TalkSport about this in that we were at that point where – and I'm not comparing us to Liverpool, but I'm comparing our situation to Liverpool a little bit. You know, Jurgen Klopp built his forward line first and everyone was like, complaining and and Liverpool fans were like when are we going to fix our defense when are we going to fix our defense it's it's what we've missed what we're missing they were ruthless going forward but they're so poor at the back and then two signings in Allison and Virgil van Dijk and you remember how everyone laughed at Liverpool for spending 72 million on Virgil van Dijk well they're the ones laughing now but it was it was like it arced and I'm not we don't have a Jurgen Klopp but it arced their team it was the missing link and as you guys said, the midfield was an area where you can, you know, crap all you want about Jordan Henderson, but he does his job. He's not a flair player, but he's consistent. He helps the team and he understands his role. And, you know, with us, I feel like we have this forward line that's so dynamic. By the way, I think we look better without Lacazette in the team. Um, Chris will probably kill me for saying that, but I, I do feel like, we are a little bit better without him. And we have this ruthlessness going forward. Uh, and and the midfield is is poor and has become poorer over the last um, season. And then the defence is really bad. But at, at one point, I thought, wow, we're not too... We're kind of Liverpool, the Liverpool model three years ago. We, we just need some pieces and we can build this. But without the right coach, without the right manager, who regardless of who the executive is, who regardless of who the guy pulling the strings at the back is, he can work despite the dysfunction going on in the, in the background. You need someone really strong to come in and be able to do that because otherwise we're going to fail to do that again. And, you know, for me, you know, I think Liverpool were a team that was being laughed at four years ago. 
They were the pin. They they were like a, a dartboard, like us. And they've made some sensible choices. Yes, they have a great owner. They've got great investment. They've got an amazing manager who we missed out on. And we need to kind of look at them as the blueprint to rebuild the new Arsenal. And we have to get rid of the Deadwood in order to be able to do that. So I'm a little bit tired of fitting Maitland-Niles into what he we think he should be. And just get a player who can be that person. You know, I, I just, um, I guess I'm a little bit jaded when it comes to some of our players because I disagree with you in the fact that I don't think it's all management. I think we have really poor players and they're just not good enough. And until we fix that, we're never going to move forward. So it's a combination of the two. Yeah, I think it depends on who's in charge as well because a, a player will look poor under a certain manager and not another one. It's just, as you say, with Klopp. But to be honest, those players that Klopp inherited what, the season before finished second to a Gerard slip under Brendan Rodgers. But they had an incredible front three of Sturridge, Suarez and Sterling but prior to that. And he inherited that front line from Rodgers. And to us, we've got a similar thing now, haven't we? We've got a striker shunted out to the wing and then we've got a young up-and-coming winger and then this kind of prodigal striker in Suarez, who, to be honest, was a winger when he came from Ajax. With the kind of the only thing I would say in defence of Lacazette, though, is in that first half in West Ham, we couldn't hold the ball up because Abamyang's not that guy. But he gives the ball away so cheaply sometimes too, does he not? Lacazette. He does. He as does like. He, he likes to draw a foul. Let's yeah. Put it this way, and he doesn't draw them as well as say the previous incumbent of that role in terms of Giroud. But we need to get our midfield so bad, Jace. We need someone to hold it up for us. They've been playing under Giroud for so long. This midfield has gone, oh, yeah, what? Hang on. But, but this is the point, Josh. I, I, yeah. and it's a real valid one. You watched Lacazette last season, okay, where he's most effective. So his back's to goal, ball comes to him, but he's got a runner coming through from midfield where he can lay off on. He hasn't got that runner. Don't, let's not go there. Don't accept me anymore today. Okay, but this is the thing. Without that runner coming up and the ability to lay off to him, he, you know, he's getting clattered because nobody's supporting him. And off the ball movement is atrocious this season. It was poor on Wednesday. Okay? It was poor against West Ham. Okay, and and I, I don't know what they're doing in training, but you know, mo- good movement is is a requirement in any sport. But without that, that Ozil role is going to be so important. Okay. Is Ozil up to the Ozil role anymore? I think, well, it helps if we have a striker who has any sense of decent movement. And that's where I'll come in two-footed on Aubameyang, who has, for a world-class striker, is a pace merchant. His movement is awful. Uh, it's getting better now that his pace is going. But when he first came in, no, he, he's not got a huge amount of football intelligence when it comes to making attacking movement. But, but isn't this the thing? Though? I mean, I don't know what you think, Josh, but we've got a mismatch of skill sets all over the park. Okay, uh, funny enough, I've, been, I've been listening to a couple of other podcasts this week: um, <laughs> the Bruce Banana Boys and the Ars Bros. And it's funny, okay, you, you know, you agree with certain points, you disagree with other points, have you? But a common theme is that, um, you know, we've got a mismatch of skill sets all over the park, okay? 
and you look at the players we let go in the summer, okay, and they may not have been good enough, so to speak, some of them to, to, to carry on long term. But you know that that Welbeck role, that guy will come in and work hard. You know, obviously Martinelli getting ahead of him now, but you're losing a bit of experience. You're losing. You've lost so many things over the last twelve months, and we've re- we've replaced them with a mismatch of skill sets. And and you know we've not we don't play a game that totally suits Aubameyang on the break, so to speak. But he's still scoring. We don't play. We haven't got the players to complement Lacazette's skill set. He's getting more and more frustrated. We haven't got the movement to allow Ozil to flourish. We haven't got the midfield to cover the back four. We're, we're a hodgepodge at the moment, aren't we? Hmm. Yeah, we are. I was thinking with the um, the way that you were saying that we had last season, the Drew Ramsey analogy is brilliant. Drew take two on two men because they think he's the striker, stick to him. Drew mm. backs into him, lays the ball through for a Sanchez, and Ozil, Ramsey, whichever one wanted to come through. I think when Ceballos comes back from injury, we're going to see Ceballos playing in the middle rather than Xhaka because the only thing Xhaka does when he gets the ball is have a, have a shot. He can't run with the ball and have a shot, which is what we see from Ceballos. So maybe the bit that's going to help that midfield out is when Ceballos comes back being the attacking central midfield. Look at that one good game he's had for us in his in his Arsenal time. It was magnificent. I mean, I even named the podcast the Ceballos, the man Ozil will never be. <laughs> yeah, I suppose I know what Jason's going to say after this. What has he done since? Yes. Uh, no. uh, Ceballos. The one, well, I would say on the upside of bringing someone like Ceballos in would be the fact that, as you say, what Xhaka does best is those long sweeping passes We've got that in David Luiz as well. It's a little like a little like when Juventus lost Pirlo, they're Bonucci behind. You know, you've got a player with the same skill set. Although it's a hodgepodge, Jays, we have got players with complementary skill sets, all the same ones, to be honest. They're just in different parts of the field. We yeah. can build a serviceable side out of this. I miss Giroud. I, I agree yeah. with you, okay? I, 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 it's one of those things, okay? We, we can build... We need the right coach to build a serviceable side. And, you know, I, I'm not as down... But when are players going to execute, Jace? When are players going to start doing their jobs? They, they ta- Football's about tactics, various tactics. We we yeah. don't have a plan B, right? And I, I think that's where you're coming from, right? Yeah. In the- we haven't got a plan A. We haven't got a plan A, so... And I, which is also true. <laughs> yeah. But, the, but the, the bottom line is, okay, we've all played sport of some sort, okay? You know, it's really difficult... To, to thrive unless you, your, your game plan, your tactics and your setup are playing to your strengths. And it's like, you know, I, I look at Danny Ceballos, he's been bang average. He's not even good enough to be called bang average a season. But the kid is a talented, talented footballer. And we should be getting more out of him. We should be getting more out of all these players. Now, Freddie, he's not that character... You know, he, he's very sort of Northern European, very Swedish. He's very, you know, he, he's got a will of steel, but he's not gregarious in any way. He's not going to inspire these guys by a storming speech or anything like that. He has to find a game plan to allow them to thrive. What that game plan is, I, you know, I'm not the man for that. I, I don't think Freddie's the man. He's not got the experience. He's not got the experience, has he? He's nope. managed the under 23s for a season. Two yeah. seasons? One. One Let season. me ask you guys this. Yeah. Let me ask you guys this. How do we stop 
against Newcastle, Crystal Palace and Bournemouth. Woeful teams. Actually, Newcastle, give them credit. Their last two games have been impressed. They've got very impressive results. And Crystal Palace are somehow above us, uh, which is insane considering what Roy Hodgson is doing there. Well, whether they'll end up there at the end of the season, probably not. But against those three teams, we gave away 71 shots. You guys tell me you're much smarter tactically than I am. In 13 matches, we gave away 225 shots. That's an average of 17 per game. How do you how do you prevent that from happening? Where does that stop? Because our statistics under Emery, under Emery, we faced like, I think before he left, something like almost, it was 696 shots. Under Wenger, that number was 576. And I'm not comparing the two and I'm not bringing the next to the combo. How do we stop... Let's stop that first. How do we stop the basics, the fundamentals? So I think you can allow a shot from wherever you want, to be honest. It's a big thing that happened at, say, let's look at a great defence, a Mourinho defence, Chelsea, with Czech, Terry and, oh, what was it? Um, No, um, the proper Uh, one. Cavalio. Proper defender, not Cahill. Uh, You know... (laughs) They'd never let a shot into Czech that was going to go at his near post because that's Czech's weakness. We saw that. But they'd allow a shot that went down his throat because they knew the goalkeeper would get to it. So I'm not adverse to, you know, it's silly to say... But not seven to one shots yes. in, in three in against Of course. Three right. They have Claude Makaleli in the middle with his big tackle. Uh, it's a lovely soccer AM reference for anybody of that generation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but... It's one of those that I think the reason we saw it is because we were so bad at passing out from the back. So what are you going to tell all your midfielders of the opposing tight side? doesn't matter if you get it on target, put it in row Z for all I care, or just next to the corner flag. Get Arsenal to start playing it out from the back because we can shift our play up. You, we can push them because we know whatever happens, Leno's not kicking it long because Emery has put it into them and we weren't good at playing it out from the back. Leno's got the most the second most short passes of any goalkeeper in the league. Number one is actually Matt Ryan of Brighton. That's how set they are on passing out from the back. They refuse to kick it long. But Matt Ryan is a fantastic goalkeeper at doing that. He showed that at Valencia prior to it. Uh, what I would kind of say is we either got to be better at playing out from the back because then it's no longer a threat to, or it's no longer a tactic for, play, for other teams to try and use that against us, or we start playing it long again. There's, the thing, there's two options. If we start kicking it long, there's no advantage to them bringing their entire forward line or back line up to the halfway line. If we're starting knocking balls over the top every so often, they're going to have to sit back and think, actually, we're going to have to take a few yards back every goal kick because there's a chance they're just going to knock it over the top of us. And with Aubameyang, Pepe, and who else in our ranks, we can get in behind them. But this is the thing. On Monday night, you saw West Ham just ease off. Okay, don't worry. You can come at us. We know you're not that great. You've not got that killer pass. We're going to stifle you a bit further up the pitch. And you can see us come out. We'd be playing the ball back. The lack of athleticism in the middle of the park costs us badly. Um, the, the lack of movement further up the pitch to bring other players into the game is also a real issue with us. We need to get, you know, we haven't got the Ramsey pass and move anymore. That You saw um, Pepe drive up that right-hand side to the point that uh, 
what's the Cresswell, Cresswell. just was just hacking away at him, and how he stayed on the pitch was unbelievable. Okay, is it the first the first to challenge was a straight red, but you know you saw all this going on. Um, they 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 were just like that sand wedge, you know, where let's just leave them come at us, and then we'll stifle them. How you get past that is by adding pace to the game, and unfortunately. Um, Ceballos probably has the skill set. Willock is great at driving forward, but lacks the experience. But you know, we need players in the midfield that are going to add pace to the game, and I think it's going to be that Ozil role, which is where they come in. And that you know, you're turning the four-three-three into the four-two-three-one quite a lot of the time, um, and going that way. But you know, I, as much as I'll defend Xhaka. I think he's been unfairly criticised by a lot of people this season. He's the guy who's, I think, you know, we're going to have to replace and bring in a more athletic ball-playing player in that, in that position. If we get rid of Torreira as well, it, it's it's not going to bother me too much. Can I can I say something about Xhaka real quick? Ten seconds, twenty seconds. You know, when I when I spent time with the team here in the summer, I may have told Danny this before. I could see why Emery. I know it may sound crazy, but I could see why Emery made him captain because what I was seeing, like after spending three days with them, you know, he was the one that was really pre- representing himself and standing up with the media and taking a leadership role, talking to, um, you know, partners, uh, you know, promoters, you know, um, other athletes that were coming to see the team. There was something about him where he took on that role with such pride and happiness. And, you know, when I spoke to him, he was nothing but, you know, incredibly proud to be made, you know, at that point, captain of Arsenal on the tour. But also he was conducting himself so well with the press and the media. I wasn't as impressed with Ozil. I wasn't impressed at all with Mustafi or Kolasinac. And to be honest, the other person that stayed to the very end to talk to everybody was Mkhitaryan, which, you know, Mickey's not here anymore. Um, but I could see why Xhaka is liked. I could, I saw it with my own eyes. I could see it. Now, whether or not he's a great player, no. But is he another player that maybe has been set up to fail at times? Yes. Yeah. So, Jace, I agree with you. In a, in a group of a bad bunch, you know, I think people look at that stat where he's the midfielder that over the last three seasons has given away possession that has resulted in the most goals. And that's a pretty horrible stat to own. But I could see why players rallied around him and why Emery chose him. And when we don't have a team with great leaders and we lack that, you know, he was probably the best answer of a bad bunch. There's always two ways to look at that stat. Sorry, Jay. Just quickly, quickly. the the one thing I see in that is that you're looking at Sylvain Xhaka, who in the summer... You know he's been an ever present in that team last season. He's one of the he's one of the main guys in that team. He was one of the main guys under Arsene, one of the main guys under Unai. You look at Ozil, who's an introvert first and foremost. Okay, he's not somebody who's comfortable in the limelight. Let's be honest. Also, somebody who you know he took a his his confidence took a serious knock last season. You had Mustafi, who's basically the boo boy and the butt of every nasty little comment I've ever heard. Uh, and, you know, Socrates got away with last season scot-free. Absolutely scot-free. I totally agree with that. 
it's a disgrace with the way the fan base dealt with those guys last season. And you know, as as much as Socrates as as his fault, he doesn't deserve to be hammered for it either. Do you know what I mean? These guys aren't going to lose. There was a distinct lack of confidence in these guys. And Jacques, to be fair to him, he's somebody, you know, all this business getting booed off the park. If I was him, I'd, I'd have done far worse. Screw you all. Who do you think you are? I come out here, I do my best for you. Yeah, I'm a human being. If, if, if we had to deal with that in work, we'd be in pieces. Josh, sorry, mate, carry on. I do That's all right. I was going to say, it was also interesting that the three players that you named, so they're all the same kind of clique, aren't they? Uh, in terms of Kalasinic, Mustafi and Ozil, they're all, they're all mates. They're all mates before they came to Arsenal uh, through the national team. And then uh, I can't remember the Kalasinic ozil link, but they're, they're good friends. Schalke, is it not? Yeah, they're from the same area. They're both Muslims. Yeah. Um, it's that side. It's the German football link, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's the link from them. And then, yeah, Mustafi was part of the kind of German setup. So they've all become good friends. It's interesting how, you know, we've we've said it before that uh was Ashley Cole, one of the reasons he left was everybody was talking Spanish in the dressing room and he didn't like it. We've got these kind of cliques in that dressing room and they've been there under our most successful periods. But it's interesting that it's one of those that it just happens to be those three players. But in terms of the stat of Xhaka being the one that's always the one that loses the ball, there's t- two ways of looking at it. Either he's sitting on it for too long, but why is he sitting on it for too long? Is because we haven't got the options for him. Or is he yeah. given the ball because Boom. he shouldn't be given the ball? Someone's going, oh, hang on, Xhaka. Xhaka's good on the ball. Let me pass it to him and he'll deal with it. We used to be able to get out scot-free. She pass it to Santi. Santi would dribble it out of a, you know, out yeah, of a it, box room. Things that Josh okay? When Ozil first came to the club and we were all a little excited about it, when one of his passes went astray, you heard people say, oh, that player wasn't where he was supposed to be. Ozil yeah. always passes it to where you're supposed to be. And since, you know, Ozil's no longer flavour of the month, that attitude has changed. Now, take the fanboys out of it all, OK? Because, you know, we have to look at this with a cold, you know, clear eye. We've got issues all over the park off the ball, you know? Our movement is poor. We're not well drilled in how we want to play the game with or without the ball. And that's something the next manager really, really needs to address. Dan, what are your thoughts? Because you're sitting there like a monkey. Yes, uh, I'd just like to listen to you lot talk. I'm just looking at Ozil's stats. He's, uh, well, his recent games. He's played now six Premier League games in a row. All apart from one, he's played 90 minutes. The other one, they took him off in the 89th minute. I don't, I don't know why they did that. That was against Norwich. So he's played six games, which is what he wants. And it's going to, you'd think it's going to take a couple of games. Like you were saying, Aubameyang. I think Aubameyang is having to change his game now back to his uh, latter half of his Dortmund days where he was the main striker. Because yeah. when he went there, he was he was playing wide. And uh, like when he was at St Etienne, he was uh, started off wide and ended up playing, I'm sure, as a striker. And so it takes a while for him. He's 30 years old. Get back into that. You're the main man. You don't have to drift wide. Although you can do, because any of the hit the front three now can play in each other's positions. And that is going to be a nightmare for defenders. But for him to have played six games and only got one assist against Brighton, and he got a pre-assist, uh, I suppose you could call it, because he took the corner, didn't he, that, um, that someone else nodded on. So 
it, it, he needs to start performing. And you can see he, he, a couple of games he's looked angry. And I know I like an angry Ozil. Ozil is, when he's angry, I think he's up for it. He runs more. He's more determined to get stuff done. And it's been a while since we've seen the angry Ozil. We've seen the Ozil, like when you tell a, a teenage girl to go tidy her room, the, oh, no, walking around the pitch like that. That seems to be maybe hopefully a thing of the past. Because you think Ozil, he's been at the club now six seasons. He's getting on to be one of the most um, appearance. Just doing the washing up. He's having a fucking tidy up. About time. Is 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 that another beer? No. No. (laughs) Doing the housework. (laughs) Doing the washing up, Josh. (laughs) Unlike our defence. I was just turning my stove off. (laughs) Stove. It's called a cooker, you tit. But Danny, how many games have we won? We've won one game since he's come back into the fold. Yeah, true. We've won one, drawn three, and lost two of the, in, in the Premier fairness, League. In all fairness, he's been played out on the left. Two games. Do you know what I mean? It, it... It's, no, a I'm, pickle. I'm not, I'm... it's a pickle with Ozil. It's a real pickle because we know how insanely talented he is and he's been given another shot by Emery and by Freddie. But maybe I'm seeing something different. Maybe I'm missing a beat with him because I thought his tracking back in the last two games was poor. I also feel like I'm an old school person. I don't want my superstars to have to track back. That's just me. But you don't want to see Bergkamp playing sweeper, do you? No. <laughs> this is the thing. It's, it, it's like I, I haven't kind of understood this desire. Okay, I, I, I want I want to see Mezzarosa on the team at this moment in time because yes, of the lack of creativity we've shown all season. Agree with that wholeheartedly. But if you're going to put him on the left hand side. It's pointless. Well, now Lacazette not... seems to be out. That's not going to happen anymore, is it? I think now our front four should be sorted. If he plays that for the rest of his time there, hopefully Ozil's going to click into form. But will he play? Will he burn out? Will, you know, there's that concern about Martinelli too. But sorry, sorry, Jason, yeah. finish on Ozil. It's, it's one. It's one of those things. It's pointless bringing Mesut Ozil back in to play him out, out wide. He's not effective from there. We saw against him. Uh, oh, Josh. Where did we turn four two three one? Was it against Brighton? Uh, yes, maybe. Yes, yes. You, you saw him change in that second half when he went to the middle. All of a sudden, he was a different player. Yeah, it didn't help us win the game, but you saw a difference in his attitude and in that vitality. We need pace on the wings. You know, asking a young kid like Saka to do it is very different from asking the same eighteen-year-old. Martinelli, who's got game time under his belt from South America, even it may it may be Division Four, but he he's thrived in that. I, I I'm, I'm you know, I just think four two three one is the way forward with the players we have available. You can interchange Sabayos or Willock with Ozil. You can interchange, I think, Willock with one of the and and Gwendouzi with one of the pair of midfielders. You've got enough pace in the wings, Nelson, Saka, Martinelli. You can interchange um, oh, Laka and Aubameyang up front. See, that's the point, Jace. That's what I think we're going to see the rest of the season. We're going to see either one or the other playing up front, one coming on as a sub. Because remember when Laka was making his comeback from his injury at the beginning of the season, when he did come on as a sub and Aubameyang either went wide or came off, we looked at that and went, wow, that, that looks good. That is scary because when you've had... 75 minutes of breathing out your ass, trying to catch up with Young, and you see Lacazette warming up, you're going to think, time for me to That's be the big issue that we've had in two seasons, to be honest, is we've had two strikers that every manager has tried to shoehorn them into this side. 
And just we, one point on that, Josh, and, and, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on yeah. this. I, I, I granted it's only a couple of games, but Napoli away last season and the Valencia games, those two guys dragged us through those games. Okay. Now, I don't see that as a long term, as a viable long term option. But now and again, you are able to do it. But it's getting that midfield right behind them and the width right for them. If you do do it, you can't play Pepe. You've got to play the two yeah. of them up front on their own and then a more flat um, 4 4 in, um, behind them. Exactly. We brought in a £72 million winger. And, and even if we didn't bring in Pepe, we were going to bring in a winger because it's already been said that, you know, Emery wanted Zaha. At some point, a winger was going to come into this side. So 4 3 3 was always on the table. The reason we're putting Ozu out there is because it makes us more defensively stable. You know, it's one of those that if you put Ozu in the middle, we're not going to be as strong because he's not going to track back. So it's going to be a two always there. It's never going to be a three in our midfield. I think the big difference is going to be when Ceballos is fit because he could, if if Ozil's going to carry on and I'm not going to say underperforms, I'm not going to pick on him, but if Ozil continues to be the way he is six games, one assist and changing his game a little bit, like Jay said, he's played a couple out wide, then you've got Ceballos on the bench. Ceballos is going to come in and Ceballos is going to track back. He is going to go into midfield, get the ball and go forward. He can even, when he was playing for Spain, he was playing that wide left. So he can go out there and then uh, maybe someone else can drop deeper and swap positions like that. The more players, the more players that we've got, that can be on that conveyor belt where one goes this way, like in the days we had Lundberg and, and Perez and Henri, those three, you you had a headache knowing which one to go after. So the more we've got in that position, because you know Ozil, he's really only going to stay behind the, 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 the main three. Occasionally he's going to track back, but like Sophie was saying, he's not that good when he's tracking back. But then we, we, had a, we had a six at that time that sat behind them that did nothing else but defend, really. Either Paddy or uh, Petit would go, maybe. That's but it was up to that... But I know what you mean. Because well, you, uh, I assumed you were missing Dennis from the front four of there. Because it was always Burkham, Omri, Perez, Jumberg. Yeah. And then everyone else didn't really engage in the attack. And you used to be able to do that. You know, the Brazil side that won 2002 World Cup was exactly the same. It was Ronaldo, Rivaldo, Ronaldinho, and one other, I think Kaká. And then, and then you just kind of... The rest, the other one, just sat back. They didn't do anything else. Or it was Roberto Carlos and Cafu and their generational wingbacks. I don't think we're going to see players like that anymore. Uh, we can't do that. We're going to have to have these kind of... We're going to have to sacrifice someone because and I don't I, think we've got a six that we can play in behind that's drilled well enough. And, and the thing is, I mean, you know, we, we keep on pinpointing players who've had bad games okay? or they're out of form, so-and-so's out of form. Our whole squad's been out of form this season. It's been a systematic issue with our tactical, ta- with our tactics and our setup. You know, as much as sort of Guendouzi's annoyed me, as such as Socrates drives me crazy. Okay, you can't keep on blaming these guys when you know you, you, you're sending them out to dig a hole without a spade with a teaspoon. You can't do it all the time. You know. It, it, we need somebody to come in who's got a, a firm idea in their mind of how to get the best of these players and, and and set us up and allow these guys to flourish and and challenge. 
You can blame Sogradis, I think. I mean, he's not even um, part of the Greek national team. Yeah, they dropped him in the other one, haven't they? And he's. um, I'd love to know what's going on with Mavrobanos as well. I'm very curious. Like when I spoke to him, he was very injured. Did he? Yeah. Okay. I was at I was at the Welsh um, uh, football shirt launch um, a few weeks ago, and there's a big Tottenham (laughs) fan there. Um, he was with Simon Shakeshaft, and he was saying he'd watched the under twenty threes, and he saw Mavropanos playing. He said he, he, he looked, he looked brilliant. He's he looked- a good kid. That kid is a hardworking. I'm so like he's been hampered by injuries. He's had a really tough start to his Arsenal career, and when he's had the opportunities, he had a. I can't remember that terrible game he had where again people kind of got on him. Last season, he came in for a game and he didn't perform very well, but he still wasn't, you know, fully fit. I think we were desperate um, at the back at that point. This is the thing, Sophie. You know, last season, we brought in uh, the Egyptian lad. El Neni. El Neni. El Neni. I'll say football. Richard, if he's listening. <laughs> El Neni had no football all season. Brought in, expected to perform. That's nonsense. And then people get on their backs. Nonsense, Mavropanos. You know, I, I think this applies to Holding, Turney, Chambers, all these young kids, okay? You, not all of them are going to succeed. Some of them are going to fall by the wayside and be sold on. That's fair enough. But at least let you know, give them your opportunity to flourish in the team. Don't put them in crap sides and set them up to fail. Put them in, you know, try blooding them bit by bit. And giving them good opportunities and seeing, you know, try to allow them to flourish, because the way we've done it over the last couple of seasons, and and the one thing that always drove me wild was this utter nonsense. Or oh, Emery gives the kids a chance. He had no choice. He yeah. had no choice. And and also those. I mean, to be fair, like what you were saying earlier with the midfield, and I mean, I think you know uh, the. The midfield sometimes they've been sorely they've been very criticised as has the defence but sometimes they get away with it a little bit because the defence has been so bad but the defence have very rare protection and the distance between them sometimes is is like the Grand Canyon there's they they have been exposed like Leno's been exposed by the defence the defence been exposed by the midfield and it's just a roll on effect and I think those are the fundamentals I was talking about in terms of just what we aren't doing correctly and what we need to get right. And in some ways we have set up those players to fail. But for me, Sogradis has been poor over and over and over. I, I'm, you know, I'm Greek. I'd love to support him and I have done, but I can't defend the guy anymore. Trust me. I'm no Socrates <laughs> fan. How he's at this club, I have no idea. Okay. But. Because he played for Bishop Dortmund, Chase. We all know that. Yeah, missing tax hearings, you know, greatest greatest uh, man at doing footballing talent brought him to the club, Jason. He, he looks good. He's used to playing in yellow, Jace. Fuck <laughs> on with it. But this is the thing, okay, you know, to be fair to all of them, okay, when you've played, you, you, we, we saw it fall apart last season. We, we didn't see Emery try to build upon performance at any point. And we all know that, you know, good performance breeds confidence and allows you to flourish and go forward. That never happened at any point. The, the one time we did see us start to do well, there's two players in there who's, who've had an awful lot of stick from our fan base. And then one gets injured and all of a sudden we fall off a cliff. Now, this season, 
uh, you know, uh, and don't get me wrong, you know, when we do the live shows, we, we, we're critical of players, okay? That's that's part and parcel of doing it. But a good manager, I believe, can get a player, get a tune out of all these guys, you know? Attitude is important, though, too, from the players, isn't it? To have... I've played rugby in teams where, you know, we, we, we're a good side, okay? We know what we're doing, but... Then you know something falls apart, and all of a sudden you implode as a team. And you know when, when you lose somebody to injury or something like that, or you know with with a, with a lack of direction from from Unai that, that this team had been given, it was always on the cards they were set up to fail. Here's what I loved real quick about when I talk about attitude. Um, it's it took a it, it was an 18 year old player, 19. Um, that helped inspire us to get that result against West Ham, in my opinion. And here's the one thing I loved seeing about him, which is why I will play him and also be careful and rest him in certain games. When Martinelli scored the equaliser, he didn't showboat, he didn't celebrate. What did he do? He went and grabbed the ball out of the net and ran back to the halfway line. Winning and, like a Cheshire cat. And that is what we have lacked. It's a very simple thing, but it's very poignant for me in that he understood and he gets it. He's a proper footballer, this kid. He's he's really like he is, you know, people talk about Daniel James at Man United or Foden at City or whatever. He's that he's our quality guy. In terms of all the youngsters, you mentioned Saka and all that. I agree with you. Martinelli is a gem. He's a very special player. And he delivers every single time he plays. And that moment for me, I was like, look at him. He's just grabbing the ball and going back. There's still work to do. And I think when you have 11 players with that same attitude, that's when our philosophy and culture changes again on the pitch. And that's sometimes what we lack together with tactics and talent and grinding and, you know, playing well. Do you want to know? I've gone and I've gone deep on this on Martinelli. Seventy-three goals in one hundred and thirty-nine games for Corinthians. For the uh, for the under nines, he scored. I'm not going to do it all. And he scored sixty-six goals. And then the state golden series, he got fifty-six goals. And then he had a trial at Man United in two thousand and seventeen. He played uh, a game for their under eighteens. They won two 0 Then he had another trial with Man United in seventeen. In two thousand seventeen, had a trial with Barcelona. And then he uh, then he went back to Brazil. 17 in 25 for the under-17s, 14 in 13 in the Paulista League, and then um, just more stuff like that. I've gone and it's hard trying to find it all, but so the, uh, how we managed to sign this bloke, I don't know, but can we get, is it, is it is there some kind of law that we're not allowed to get him on a 20-year contract now? Can can they stop us from doing that? Because this kid, I, I remember tracking um, Neymar when he was at Santos, I think it was at Santos or Sao Paulo, one of the two, and I remember tracking his stats, or the same, doing the same kind of thing before he turned into a knob, and uh, thinking that bloke is something special. And the more you look into the stats, and the more the way you see him play, you want to go and play. In the, he's, he's broke our record for the youngest player to make their start their their, their um, Premier League start because he, he's had a few games as a sub and score. I mean that that in the, some of the players we've had in the past to be him to come in and do that and go no big deal. I'll score a goal. I'll play next time, not not phased by absolutely anything we do. And he was still running flat out and sprinting in the 97th minute. Only Gwendouzi can do that. 
But Guendouzi is... Imagine if Guendouzi managed to sort his game out like that. We've got so much promise. And I think you look at that. Now, if we've got that front four done, we get Ceballos back to maybe have a little bit more attacking from the midfield to Ozil doesn't have to keep coming deep. But we have seen that Freddie has been moving, has had three games and he's had three centre-back combinations. It may even be doing something like, I want to see you play right now, you two play right now. I'm trying to find the best one, but... That I mean, we've done an hour and twenty-three minutes already on the West uh, on the West End game. So uh, I think we should just go over and Can uh, I say one uh, thing on Martinelli. Of I'd sell one of our big strikers to get him in the game more. Yeah, get him in the team more. One of Laka or Aubameyang, you'll get him out and make sure he's got more time because as great as he is on the left, let's get a specialist in on there because this kid is going to be special through the middle. And I haven't seen a teenager this excited for Arsenal. Since what Anelka? Oh, that's it's, a good one. Good analogy. Like there. Mm-hmm. You know, quick, powerful. We don't need to build a new training ground or a stadium, so at least we can hold on to this one. Five hundred thousand PSG. No yeah. one knew who he was. Exactly, and this kid is going to be what eight million. We bought him for. Uh, we got him from Paris Saint Germain, didn't we? And sold him to Real Madrid. Twenty-four million. We're e- we're easily yeah. going to see a similar markup. No, we're oh, not. You should. Um, I've got to be. Honest, I wouldn't be against that. I wouldn't yeah. be against that. That is going to go down as an eight million pound loss until the day he retires. <laughs> <laughs> I think the one, the one thing I've heard this season a lot of is, and you know, I, I, I listen to some great podcasts. And I follow some great people on Twitter, and you know, the, the doing down of our squad and the thought, the thing, the thought that our players have de- depreciated in value. You know, we're not. That's nonsense. We can get. You know, we if we get good money for an Aubameyang or a um, a Lacazette, uh, and whoever's in charge thinks Martinelli is ready, you know, let's do it then. You know, let's let's invest because that money can be invested around the park. You know, you know, on you know, Wenger would have one of those two strikers out of the club in the next window, or so to make space for them. We saw him do things like with Vieira. Get rid yeah. of Vieira because Sesk could come in to that position. And he would always make space for these kind of players. And hopefully Edu is bringing some of that back with him, that kind of mentality that we've got this space. Wait and see. Let's let the youth come through. And if we can get the kind of money we did for Iwobi, I'll give them credit getting that kind of dollar for um, for uh, Iwobi. That was pretty decent business. Iwobi, you know, he's homegrown. He's a really good player. How well, he could give the final product for the number of games he played, the number of goals. I mean, I love the Wobi. The goals ratio was pathetic. I, I was listening to one of the. Um, he was one of our highest assisters last season. He was involved. He played nearly every bloody game. Yeah, but that's not to the guy. Look, I was not, I was not a Wobi's biggest fan. I was harsh on him. Okay, that was but, me, Jace. <laughs> I'm very much in the Awobi fan club and I can do this bit if you want because it's you know it's tattooed to my uh, inside you know it, yeah, it's all been fun we got good money for him considering oh, the club didn't want him anymore my absolutely. point was Better the money that we got same as Oxley Chamberlain you yeah. know one year yeah. left in the contract when we one thing we have managed to do is when we've sold players we're getting good money for them now to be honest the only we one we watch Ramsey, you know what I mean? I mean, we got for Ramsey what we could get for Ramsey, which was nothing because we couldn't sell him in the January. No, but not being funny, okay? We, if you tied him down to the contract, you could have got good money for him. You look at um, Welbeck, Wilshire, 
we let ourselves down again. But they were broken when they left, those two players. Yes. Are, we, are we going, oh my God, I can't believe we didn't get any what? money for Danny what? Welbeck, who's currently taking oh, no, up another... What all he's done is we've just shifted his injury bed from one side of the training ground to the other side of Colney for Watford to yes, use. Different part of the country. Love that boy. I love right, that. Jason, stop talking. I've sent you, Jason. I've sent you five form, and Josh. I've sent you the listeners' questions. We need to get a wiggle on. Well, go on, Jason. Final line. Bayern Munich three went up. Go on, Bayern. I tell you what, right? I let you into a little secret. I put a set up an eight-way accumulator, and I cashed out when seven of them were winning. And I did a six-way accumulator, and I cashed out when five of them were winning. Uh, Only one pound bets each. That's all I bet. I just made about twenty quid. So I'm going to spend all that on cake. I'm not eating in a week. The Arsenal yeah. went 1-9-0 tonight. I know, yes, and it's reserves. We beat Barnet. Yeah, fantastic. Done. Right, the next thing I just want to quickly cover is um, who, who you, would you like to be the manager? Start with you, Sophie. Who do you think is, might be the manager? When do you think they're going to come in? And do, is it going to be a good idea? Because uh, un- unbelievably, you think oh, our club is run badly. Ancelotti and Napoli win 4-0 and then they sack him after. I think they sacked him because he was going to go anyway, wasn't he? The, the poor guy. He, he he did the double with Chelsea and got stu- um, got sacked. Um, you know, in the stairwell at Everton at Goodison Park. He he gets Napoli through to the last sixteen. I mean, the issues at Napoli go way beyond Ancelotti. That's just a broken team, as broken as we are. Has been it, since Maradona left. Yeah, I'm I'm wondering it, it. This is is Ancelotti my choice for the near future? Um, for the next couple of years, no, he's not. Um, do I think Ancelotti can come in and do a great job until the end of the season? And we end up in a bit of a Manchester United situation where we're replacing a legendary manager and we may go through two or three managers until we find our guy, perhaps. Do I think we'd be better off with him than Freddie towards the end, until the end of the season? Yes, I do. Because I think Freddie would be brilliant maybe with Ancelotti um, because I think Freddie would help on uh, in training. A lot of the complaints about Ancelotti was that his training at Bayern Munich became archaic. Um, he didn't really come with any new ideas. But if you look at what Ancelotti's won in the last five years compared to where we've been in the Premier League and the Champions League, it's it's not you can't compare it. But he would be inheriting a team that maybe isn't as it's definitely not as strong as his Bayern team. But you know we did pretty well against Napoli last season. My dream coach. Is a, is a man that we'll never get. And I, every time I put my head on the pillow, I'm like, my God, imagine what we'd be like with Diego Simeone. I'm going to end this show now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Diego Simeone rebuilt Atletico Madrid. Atletico Madrid were not who they are today. The way he um, rebuilt that side made them competitive in a league that was completely owned by Real Madrid and Barcelona. Talk about, yes, maybe in the first couple of seasons, his Football was a little bit boring, but he still had incredible players who did incredible things and he won the league and he got to two Champions League finals. And, you know, he's an ex-club legend, so he has that passion as well. But uh, someone like him, who I would hope is looking for a new challenge and a, a, a new rebuild, he would be my choice. He's the dream. But that's a $20 million payout that we're never going to endeavor in. Arsenal would never do that. So when I look at who's available, people talk about Arteta and Vieira. Well, I mean, again, you're going back to ex-players, the Wenger era. Um, do I want that? Maybe with some fresh blood in, in, 
into the team as opposed to the current ex-Venger players that we have. Arteta's been taking more of the training at Manchester City. He's been doing a lot more of the, the calming down of Pep on the sidelines this season. Pep has lost his mind. But when you think about how Arteta's been given more freedom this season and you see how Manchester City have regressed, yes, they've got bad injuries. Is he really the answer? We need a really strong, experienced coach. And to be quite honest with you, the only person that I can think of is Simeone. Allegri, there's a reason why maybe he didn't get the job last time. Um, there's this whole thing about learning English and all that type of stuff, which is a little xenophobic for me. I don't buy into that. And I don't appreciate people taking the piss out of Emery and the way he speaks either. So I, I, I'm left with a, I don't know, Brendan Rogers, he's brilliantly, slyly got himself a new deal and used us as a leverage to get it. So my dream is Simeone. And other than that, I just, I, I'm not sure about the Ajax coach, the Leipzig coach. Um, the other coach I would like to go for um, is the German national coach who no one's talked of, who's, who's been exceptionally successful, who knows how to be tactical, who knows how to build defenses but I think he's on a mission to kind of fix what's wrong um, in the Euros. And I would wait. I would wait and plan and hire the person in the summer. We don't know what's going to happen around us. Um, and the Pochettino argument is you can't spend five years ripping a guy to pieces and then expect him to come in and be our manager. Is he talented? Yes. But again, when we complain about having a coach who's won things, why would you go after somebody like him? So I don't know if I answered the question, but that's kind of how I feel about it right now. Because to me, it's still fluid and it's moving and it's organic. And I'm not sure now's the right time to appoint the guy. Because it's going to be a big decision. Josh, I, I kind of agree with, with, with Sophie. Um, I don't know who I want. I don't know whether you. it's best to leave Freddie have it for a little while, Freddie to the end of the season, whether you get a mercenary manager in, which I think Ancelotti is a kind of mercenary manager. He'll come in and have a, maybe he'll have a contract thing rather than like Sam Allardyce did where he got paid five million or Rafford got five million if you get him into this or into that. Ancelotti, if you're going to give him to the end of the season, he'll have a clause in the contract that says, if I get you Champions League football, I want maybe 10 million quid or something. So what's your thoughts on it? I think it's harsh to give it to Freddie for the rest of the season. I don't think that's fair on anybody for him to give, get given that gig. I don't think he's ready for it. Same with Arteta, to be honest. Uh, much as Sophie has said. Why are you talking about Arteta? I, read, I don't know if Sophie read the same thing or you might have done. That Arteta did an article. He said he now takes on all the training because Pep doesn't do it. And I thought, wow. So he's got yeah, that. But, okay, so... In another flip side, remember when Ferguson stopped doing training and he gave it to Steve McLaren or <laughs> Rennie Mullenstein or oh, Mike Phelan or Paul Clement, who did it for Mourinho. There's so <laughs> many assistant managers that you can go through the books and go, look at their first managerial job when they were given it the proper, well, the proper thing. And one thing about that, Josh, is this, okay? Yeah. A coach actually coaches. <laughs> shocker. Yeah. <laughs> That's Absolute the other shocker. thing as well. You know? Pep's the one putting the cones out, ironically. Uh, but, you know, that's the thing. He, they've got that central figure in that dressing room who has got an aura about them. Arteta's got to come in and create that aura. And I think where our players are at the moment, they need someone to come in as a figurehead. It's like a Simeone. I wouldn't have Simeone personally. I think it's not for me. I'd, I'd have an Allegri. I know the football style is very similar. 
there's something more about an Allegri for me um, that I would prefer. He's not going to try and attack you in your sleep. But he also won in a weak league and he failed at every chance he got to win the Champions League. Even though Allegri, he got... Yeah. Yes. Uh, with Milan as well. Well, okay. When he won with Milan. That was okay. his first dig. I mean, yes, but we're, if we're talking, we're looking at like the last four or five years, it's the same with Ancelotti, right? It's, I mean, for me, I just don't, I don't know. There's something about Allegri that, why did the club not hire him last time? Why, why did we not go for him last time? What was the disconnect? There must have been something. There's reports of what those, those some things could be. Mm. But at Juventus... The, 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 the reports were he asked the board, why should I take this job? And he was deemed as above himself. And that, that's that, why he did to be honest, so, that's what we. That, I think that's what we need in the dressing room. This, this, we need a disciplinarian in that dressing room. It's the same thing that, to be honest, Spurs have actually benefited from. What do they need in that dressing room? In a team full of failures, a winner to come in and tell them, "Look, you've got to finals. I've won finals. We need that kind of manager that's come in." I don't think Emery could have done that. The way that he seemed to manage was. Oh, no, the players must be good. It must be me. He was always looking back on himself. I think that's why we saw so many changes in what he was doing. I agree with that. But Allegri didn't win the Champions League with Milan, did he? He won no. the Serie A. He won, yeah. he won Serie A, yeah. And he won Supercopa, right. So, I mean, to be fair, to be fair, Sof, last Champions League winners, Liverpool last season against Tottenham, Real Madrid, Real Madrid, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Real Madrid, um, uh, Bayern Munich. But that Juventus team he had was pretty decent. Yeah, it, it but was, it's but... also, I don't think, to be honest, am I being deluded by saying I don't think we'll win the Champions League in the next 10 years? And I don't think Allegri... No, but that's not that. the point. The point is to get us back there and at least be a bit competitive where but, we go past the, 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 the season, last 16. He's, he's proven in a league format he can do that. Same as Conte. Conte in can a, win in a league. time where Juventus were really the only decent yeah. team, let's let's be and honest. Chelsea, he came in and he won Chelsea a league. Conte can do that, and he, I think he's going to do the same with Inter. Yeah, I, I, I love Conte. Need, I think Conte's yeah. great. We need someone in a league format that can get us up the table. To be honest, and we need I a ruthless it, bastard is what we yeah, need. Those, we those need. players need to be whipped. Yeah, really, they've and had I it way too easy. All of the players that, or sorry, ex-players that we're talking about, only one of those, I think, would come in and really throw something to them. That's Vieira. Yeah, because he, he was like that as a player. I think Arteta's got that side to him as well, hasn't he? I mean, I think... You know, he's you got know, no experience. Zero experience. I, I agree with you. I, yeah. I, I agree with you, okay? I wouldn't take Mikel Arteta. I mean, I, you know, I, if, if he was to be appointed, fair enough, but he wouldn't be my choice. But I think, you know, when, when you look at Allegri and Champions League, you look at the spends of Bayern, um, uh, uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid in comparison to Juventus, you know, there's a, there's a huge disparity there. In exactly the same way, Juventus' spend is far larger or far more efficient rather than the rest of Serie A. You know, I, I just think there's a lot of experience with these guys. I, I, I happily go for a Conte or a, uh, or a Massimo Allegri a Nagelsmann, yes, I'd go for it, okay? Oh, I mean, people come to Arsenal, an average. Yeah, but I, I'm, so, I'm sorry, I'm not having that, okay? I'm sick and tired of people doing down this club. No, it's yeah. a fact. 
No, all of you. We're in the shit a little bit. Fine. We've okay. been in it for years. Let's get something straight again. You've got to start from somewhere. And we're yeah. not exactly bottom of the league. We've got some decent players. Right? That's all we need is a good coach to come in, pull them together and get them going forward. Because all this nonsense of talking us down all the time, okay, it's bollocks. We're one of the richest clubs in the world. Uh, no. It's a fact. No, Bayern Munich need a new manager. Man United may well need a new manager. And when you get Allegri, Conti, all these other top managers, they're going to look at that and go, well, am I going to go to a club that are known well, for spending an absolute fortune on players? Or am I going to a club no. the owner doesn't give a shit? Let's get this straight. You can get a pot. I'd take a Pochettino as well. I'd take Pochettino all day long. It's up to Raul Sanlehi to get creative and to make us an attractive proposition. Now, you may have to pay over the odds on the, uh, for him. Fine, if that's what you have to do to get the right man, pay over the odds. But enough with the oh, we're a shit club, we're this, we're that. We're hardly that. I mean, okay. I agree with you, Jace, as well. A top manager has got enough arrogance about them to think that they could rectify this. Bingo, 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 got bingo. Enough arrogance to go, we'll do this. And to be honest, if Allegri came in and was that arrogant, yeah, yeah. all right. If he says, why should I get this job? Say, because you're arrogant enough to get us back to the top of the league. And if Absolutely. you're not, you're fucking out. Yeah, That's you it. stick a finger up his bum and you say, come on, Massimo, show us your gear. Yeah, show you us what you can show. do. <laughs> no, this is the thing, okay? You've got to entice people in, okay? Give them the challenge and then tell them, you will, you know, you, right on, you get us top four, this is your bonus. You win the title, this is your bonus. You win the Champions League, me, you, Hookers, cocaine. We let's go full Diego Maradona. We're going all out today. Oh, Jesus, listeners, he's lost the plot. Right, let's show let's a bit of ambition. That's what I want from the club. Be ambitious, as he says every single show at the beginning. Then we should fire some players if we want to show true ambition. Hey, I, I, I reckon an Allegria Conte will get a tune out of these guys. I genuinely. He's building an empire at Inter Milan, and so what, what would you do if Sogradis? What would you do if Sogradis turned into a world class defender next season? What would your What would your forfeit be? I would not enjoy. I I I I would kiss him full on the lips. I'd tongue everything, okay? Because I'm not being funny. I like nothing better than if I don't believe in a player, then to prove me wrong. And that's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing, you know. I think you love better than kissing Greek men. That's why Harry won't do a pod with you. He's scared. <laughs> right. We have been doing an hour and 41 minutes now. Who, um, who did I send the listeners' questions to? There's only four. You sent them to me. Uh, you um, did got five for them. And then um, let us all have one each. There's only four. And then, Jace, you could do five for them straight after. And then after that, we will do the gentleman's nod, which is for who we say hello to. And um, and Sophie, you can do a lady's nod. Or you can do a gentleman's nod, whichever one you want. It's like a shout-out, but we're not 14, so we don't do shout-outs. Well, Jason does, but never mind. Go on, then, jo- right. Josh. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, thank you to all four people that have sent us questions. Yeah. Everyone else who didn't send questions, go fuck yourselves. 31,000 um, followers, four questions. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so we we'll go to Jason first on this one from Josh Robinson eighty seven. If we were, if we only signed one player in January, which position would you like it to be? And he has used the proper hashtag as well, Danny. Oh, someone I got a message on WhatsApp last week, the other week, complaining that oh you didn't use my question. I said, did you use the hashtag ABWA? I still haven't heard back from him ever, Jason. Oh, to be honest, this one says ABWQ. Well, questions or answers, you use either one. Yeah. 
Jace didn't use it, did you, Jace? Do you want me to answer the question, Josh? Uh, so I said, if we were... No, I said, do you want me to answer it? Because Dan is beginning to really irritate me now. Okay. <laughs> um, it's central midfield. Central midfield, a big, athletic, technically decent midfielder, I think, would do us the world of good. Um, you know... As, as much as, yes, we, we, we need to improve centre-back. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course we do. But I think our big problem is screening them. And and, and that's the, that's where I'd go. And if it meant I'm going to get rid of um, uh, either Xhaka or Torreira to do it, I, 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 or, or any of the others, I, I'd do that. That's where I'd spend the money. Cool. And thank you, Josh, as well, for the question. Uh Next, I'll go to you, Sophie. Uh, it's from Marble Halls TV. Uh, what can we do to get a sound defensive culture back into our club? This is the $64 million question. It's, <laughs> um, I think we need new players because we've tried for three or four seasons. Even, you know... Uh, that that last performance by Mertesacker in the FA Cup win against Chelsea was probably the last greatest performance by an Arsenal mm. defender. Um, the way he bossed that game, the way he was able to take um, the young players under his wing and the vocalness of, you know, Per may not have been the fastest guy, but he was so smart positionally. He was a very smart footballer. Um, and... I think that's what we need. We need a little bit more of the smart footballers. That's what I love about Italian defenders. You mentioned, you know, um, also the likes of, you know, Benucci and, you know, that 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 defence Allegri had in that time where he was super successful winning Serie A's is you know, that defence was pretty amazing. And you had proper men back there defending who shielded the team in so many ways. So for me... I would be looking for a right back. I'd be looking for centre backs. Um, Tierney, I'm hoping, is not going to be the kind of player that's injury prone. That really worries me. You know, it, it happened um, when we bought him. He came in injured. He kind of came back and now he's injured again. Unfortunately, it was a horrible, you know, accident that that happened. It's not it's not like a, a niggle in any way. But I, I really hope that, you know, he's he's able to overcome those injuries. So, I think we need three or four players, three or four new players at the back. Start fresh, start clean. Excellent. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. And it's like Chiellini has said that the art of defending has kind of died, hasn't it? God, Nobody I tackles anymore. Nobody tackles anymore. <laughs> and then you've got Pep, you know, and uh, the assistant who is being lauded doesn't teach tackling, doesn't do it. Which, uh, to be fair, I give him that. It, an interception is better than a tackle, but you've still got to be able to do the basics of defending I agree and Danny uh, I'm going to I'm going to say thank you to Jovi82 for his question but we did an hour and a half on the West Ham game so I think we might have covered his question probably did <laughs> um, about was it the turnaround we needed or just a bump in the road so thank oh. you Jovi82 but I think we mentioned that one so I'm going to give you James Housen's question yes. Danny uh, there seems to be ITKs everywhere telling us all kinds of nonsense about Arsenal recently. What is your favourite thing you've read from an ITK that was clearly bollocks? Did Brendan Rodgers come into Arsenal like he was ever going to leave Leicester? He knew what he was doing. He got an improved contract for the year 2030 or 2040, whatever it was. He probably got an agreement to chuck a whole load of money at rebuilding that squad. 
maybe got an agreement so that the because Man United need a, a defensive midfielder and Ndidi is magnificent there. And uh, there's a couple of other really decent players they've got there. So th- I wouldn't be surprised if quite a few of those aspects have been added to his contract. These players stay, want money for this. I want to pay you guys. I want a longer contract. And uh, I want everyone to stand up in the room and salute when I come in. <laughs> and then everybody has to have a, a framed yeah. signed picture of him on their wall in their house. They have to uh, uh, good night every night before they go to bed. <laughs> so long as it's in an envelope, Rum, right? One of these three envelopes. That I'm not telling you which one, but it's going to be yeah. one of you. You're all exactly. losing potential. <laughs> Uh, and James, I would say to you, whichever one it was that ended with, I heard this off DRB when I saw him in the mosque. That rumor was probably my favorite. Uh, Do you remember that? Yeah, that's why I mentioned it. What about the all-time great, okay, of um, a personal favorite of mine with another account tweeting himself and getting his name wrong? So he yunked himself on a oh, congratulating man. himself on the. We all know who it was. Ah, oh, dear. Or anything that is written on the back of a KFC napkin. Oh, dinosaur. Oh. Or uh, what was it? Rooney next? Blimey. Wait, what have we had the Wayne Gooney? Oh, he, um, he's playing for DC United. It's <laughs> <laughs> back at Derby coaching now. No, they sold him when they got rid of Wayne Rooney. Oh, so oh. myself off. Right, Jay, uh, to do. Yeah, oh. that's Jason. Go, sorry. Okay, the fights forum, guys. Um, Danny, your spelling is atrocious. Um, but yeah, let's go. Now we've got a settled front four. What will happen to Laka? What have I done wrong? What have I spelt wrong? Front. He said, "Have we got a settled from four now? And what will happen to Laka?" Look at these, Jace. Look. It's like bang, banging a pound of sausages on the keyboard. I'm surprised it makes any bloody sense. <laughs> Mush, behave yourself. Sorry. So Marble Halls TV says, we should sell Laka and use the money, 70 million minimum, to get a boss centre-back. We're too imbalanced, two strikers. No, our front four isn't settled as Ozil isn't con- contributing much. Uh, Destructible Kate, that's Kyle, and he says... I think so. Laka will have to play himself into form in Europe or stroke sub for Alba when needed. We shouldn't be forcing others out of position to play him. Fair comment. Mattel Roberts says, no, I think certain games Laka and Alba will switch to who's on the pitch bench and we may decide to play someone else on the left. Again, they're, they're all good points and all reasonable. Soph, your opinion on that? Is Zaka, uh, Zaka, is, is Laka going to be the sacrificial lamb in this scenario? And h- how old is Laka? Twenty-eight. Oh, he's he's closer to uh, Abamyang than I think everyone thinks. Yeah, okay. there's not much between them. He's coming okay. into form and he, he wants to play Champions League, doesn't he? Banging away like a clickety clickety mouse. What if we? What? Okay, so twenty-eight. You're right. 28, right? Okay. So he's two years on Oba, but Oba is a goal machine. And even though, imagine if Oba actually took more chances than he does, um, the kind of uh, stats that he would have. And I think right now to suggest selling Oba to me is uh, a bit far reaching. Um, He's not the one that I would sell, but let's say Real Madrid are really truly offering 70, 80 million for Oba and Jovic in the mix as well. Do you keep Laka and make the other deal? Because you're getting a, a player who 
made a bad move going to Real Madrid, hasn't really had the opportunities, but when he has, he's failed miserably. And maybe under, you know, maybe with Arsenal, he'll have a rebirth. For me, it's a bit of a pickle, but currently on form, you know, I would I would cash out on Laka. Um, but if Real Madrid are coming in with a serious offer and this whole rumour is true and he wants to leave, um, I think that's all dependent on who comes in, like we've been talking about. Can you convince him to stay and, and, and you know, make him part of what the immediate Arsenal future is going to be? Two years left in him, maybe, um, at that high level. I don't know. I'm I, I'm really torn on the two, but Laka's form so far this season has, has left me to believe that he's the one that I would sell. God, I feel like Sophie's choice, you know, when she's <laughs> holding the kid, take my daughter. <laughs> oh, Jesus, been harsh. <laughs> Josh. Yes, same question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I mean, if the, as Sophie says, the Bamiang rumour with Madrid is true, I'd sell both of them. Because I'd have Jovic, <laughs> I'd have I'd have Jovic and I've got Martinelli to back him up. And there I've got two hungry young strikers that wanna go for it if and I think that's where we're more likely to do it. Jovic can actually play out wide as well. Uh, in that kind of Frankfurt front three that they had. You can also do it in Europa League. And to be honest, that's where we're at at the moment and where the majority of our eggs probably are in our proverbial basket for getting Champions League football. And I think Laka wants Champions League. I think his opportunity to go to Atletico Madrid might rear its head again. And I think he'll go because that's the only reason we we really have him is because they had that transfer ban. Aubameyang, mm. um, to be honest, if we had a good deal, I would have sold him in the summer. Uh, if we got a good offer in for him, Aubameyang would have been gone. All right, we probably would be in the relegation zone now, but that's probably why I'm not, you know, chief of executive of Arsenal Football Club, is because those would be the kind of decisions I'd make. You but, wouldn't let Ramsey go for nothing, or would you? Um, no, I'd at least give him a Ramsey doll on his way out. <laughs> no, he's not having my Ramsey doll. Fine, he can have a he can have a Mickey doll. I'm sure there's a warehouse of them somewhere still on the docks. <laughs> And distribute. Yeah. Tell me your thoughts. Um, I, I kind of agree with Josh. I think you've seen the the passion, the fire in the eyes of Aubameyang and Lacazette. It's both kind of it's dwindling at the moment. I think sometimes we've been in the past, we've been um, too often we've held on to players a little bit too long. And although I do like Jovic, remember last season when he was at Eintracht Frankfurt, we were saying, oh, please do not, we do not want them in the semi-final of the Europa League because they are probably one of the, the better other teams in there. He had a great season for them. Uh, he's gone to Real Madrid for, what, 50 million quid, something like that. He's done bugger all. Um, little update on my bet, Josh. I know you're a betting man. All eight of the teams I picked tonight won and I cashed out early. Sad, sad times. And all the six teams I picked to win, they also won as well because the Olympiacos last-minute goal. So uh, there you go. Um, but I think there is some something to be said with those two who have had their time. Uh, it's maybe time to move them on while you can still get good money for them. But you've got to hope the owner is then going to use that money for something to, for a decent player. I'm not sure Jovovich is going to be it. He's a little bit of a Giroud for me at times. Although, like Josh says, he can play wide, but he can also hold the ball up. He is a bit of a lump and he's... Um, where's he from? Is it um, Eastern Europe? 
Oh yeah, you're not going to fuck with him, are you? So we need a little bit more of that um, uh, carrying <laughs> weapons onto the pitch when things get a bit tidy. There you go. I can't, yeah, as you say, Danny, with that kind of fire in the belly, we've got two strikers that you could say arguably both trying to get a move away yeah. from Arsenal, but are doing it in two very different ways. Both maybe got one more big move left in them. Yeah, Aubameyang's just scoring goals. That's one way to get a move as a striker. The other way is just to not perform. And we're seeing that from Lacquer. Let's let's be honest, okay? We need to give Martinelli the season. We need to see him develop and go from there. We've got Nelson, there's Saka as well, okay? But we are going to need somebody who's going to be putting the ball in the back of that on a regular basis next season. Jovic, it's going to be difficult, but I wouldn't be against taking that deal from Real. I think that's that's a lot of money and some good quality players. But, you know, the all-important factor in everything at the moment is going to be the new head coach. That's good, you know... It, it, mm-hmm. And not, to, and not to allow that new head coach to inherit the disease that has permeated in the dressing room, around the club with certain players, you know, and 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 the, and have him inherit all, some of that talent, you know. It needs a strong ego, doesn't it, to yeah. come in. It needs an, its own ego to come in. If you, if, you, if you haven't got that Napoleonic complex as, as a football manager, what are you doing? What are you doing? You need to have total and utter self-belief. And, and, and for these guys who, you know, it's just nuts. It's just right. nuts. Right, that's that's it. Case. We've got to we've got to wrap this up. Sophie's got to go. So, Sophie, where can people find you on Twitter? Um, you can find me at Highbury Squad uh, for the podcast. And then I am at, at Soccer Diva uh, as well. And my shout-out is to Alison Bender, by the way. I know you... You were talking about doing a shout out. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Um, I, Alison is a super cool uh, woman who, uh, you know, is one of those women in football who I so, super respect. She has great perspective. She does some great interviews, especially with some of the London clubs. Um, she's a, a friend of our show and uh, just a great, a great girl all the way around. And I really uh, have a, a tremendous amount of uh, love for her. So shout out to Alison Bender. And your podcast is available on, I have it on Acast. The latest episode was out the Friday just gone. Yes, uh, on iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, all of the uh, various platforms and stuff. And you can find us and have a listen. Give us a shot. And uh, hello to Amanda and, and Kevin, if you're listening, because they, they're Kevin. wonderful as well. Well, thank you very much for joining us. You can run away and uh, we'll let Jace just finish tidying up for another three hours. <laughs> Cheers, Sophie. Thanks for having me, you guys. Cheers. Take care. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Um, right, so we need to finish this off. So, Josh, who's your gentleman's not going to go to? John oh. birthday today. What? It's John Lukic's birthday today. And I tweeted him and I said, uh, happy birthday, John. I'm still angry that you didn't get any caps for England. Imagine you playing behind Dixon, Winterburn, Adams and Bowl for England. We would have won the World I didn't put the win in the World Cup because you'd have thought I was mental. You get the of it. <laughs> So Josh, you're gonna say hello to. Um it's not gonna be John Lukic. Sorry. No. Um I'm gonna go with you know what? I'm gonna go with Kingsley Coman. I'm not expecting a response from him. Um but oh, yeah. he just went he just went down injured again, so he's most likely gonna retire from football now because he said one next big injury, that's it. So yeah, he's 22, 23. Oh, dear. And that's it. Gone. Kaput. 
Dear, dear, sad times. Jason, who who's going to get your your gentleman's nod? There's only one Gunaholic. Oh, obviously, yeah, the whole gives that. Dear Faber, we love you. Pull through, please, pal. Hopefully, he will see this and he'll go, oh, you silly bastards. <laughs> I'm all good. Um, right, the, the the podcast's nod is also going to go to Mr. Gunaholic, you uh, you wonderful, beautiful man. And also, we should say thank you to the to the beautiful bastards that stuffed some money down your ample wire fronts at the weekend, Jay, or on Monday. Michael Harneyman, Jay Rob, Julian Nagelsman, yes, the actual Red Bull, not Red Bull, Rassen Bull, Leipzig manager, Gunner93 from sunny Switzerland, Oscar Arias, Chris Lodato, Gabriel... Germail Kaufman. Kaufman. You shut your face. Matt Sanasi, who wrote our intro music. Didn't write it, he did it. Ed Loud, good luck, granddad. Uh, Oscar Arias again, and Mr. Epic. And my own personal gentleman's nod is going to go to at sideshow underscore Kev. If you remember talk radio back in the day, it was him, it was Ian Collins, and it was the Creatures of the Night. They do a wonderful podcast called Ian Collins wants a word. Now there are a couple of lazy tykes, and they haven't done one of their those podcasts for a very, very long time. And Sideshow Kev announced this week that they are going to do another episode of it, so it's going to be out very soon. So don't follow Ian Collins because he doesn't follow people back. He's, he's a media a media darling now. But Sideshow Kev, he's the one like me. He does the button pressing at uh, Ian Collins Wants a Word. It's one of my favourite podcasts, and it's going to be back soon. And no one is going to go and listen to it because you're all scumbags. So uh, I think that's it, gentlemen, isn't it? Are we all done? Yeah. Yeah. I think well, so. not bad. An hour and a half podcast that lasted two hours. They're going to happen when you have Jason. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, this Thursday, apparently, it's me, you, it's me, Josh, and Ellis again. We always get the big games, Josh, don't we? I mean, it's because I'm always available, right? Well, not being funny, Josh is going to be doing it. Josh, are you okay for City? What did I put? You maybe, uh, maybe is my answer. It's such an asshole. <laughs> I uh, can't remember. Uh, to, to be honest, Jace, uh, when the text came through, "Am I all right for tomorrow?" I said, "What?" Maybe in North. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember what I said. Here you go, people. This is the end of today's way. game. You get stuff organised. We don't. Yeah. Which is why I, I, well, I, I until late last. I actually time. said yes, and then I completely forgot about it. Um, <laughs> no. Sunday, I don't know. I'll tell you away from the podcast. None of your fucking business. No one tells the Josh what to do now that you're yep. riding up in the north. He's <laughs> dragons. Yeah. Yes. Right, people. Uh, I think that's everything covered. We will be back Thursday night. I'm in charge of the uh, running the uh, getting the show going. So we'll be live about five minutes after the game ends. But uh, Ellis will be joining us twenty minutes after the game ends because he's a giant hawk. <laughs> so we will see you on Thursday, and then the next game after that is on Saturday. Uh, we're playing Man City, so expect the big game for Man City. Man City's on Sunday evening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, be there Saturday. Be there nice and early on Saturday. We'll be ready <laughs> on Sunday. <laughs> oh god, quick, Jace, say those magic words. Danny, switch this shit off. Yes, sir. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog. <laughs>